The Dallas Cowboys lose in embarrassing fashion to the Cardinals. What happened and where do we go from here? All that and more on this edition of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are You are Locked On Cowboys. Your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network. Your on. team every day. Locked On. Locked, Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. I am your host, Landon McCool. Thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts uh, and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you were you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm your host, Landon McCool, and we have to jump right into the stinker of a game. Unfortunately, as you can see, it's just a landed solo podcast. No Marcus, unfortunately. Uh, he will, uh, I'm sure, update everyone as to why he's not here. Uh, all good news, though. Uh, we're, we're thinking about you, Marcus. So, First segment we have to talk about is this defensive ineptitude. Um, You know, the game clearly was not the way we expected it to be uh, going, especially early in the game. Um, You know, the Cowboys were were kind of a slow start offensively, and that's not really too shocking. But I think the thing that really, really surprised was uh, just a, a complete collapse by the defense in the first half. Uh, combined with a, a, a ton of penalties, which which will be a, something that we talk about a little bit later in the show. But let's just go, start with the defense, because honestly, that's where it feels like the most disappointment comes from. Uh, you know, they come into the, the this game as touted as one of the best defenses in the league. I mean, the best defense in the league. We're talking about one of the best defenses of all time. And, and the, this is a defense that came into Arizona and allowed 222 yards on the ground. That's 7.4 yards per carry. Uh, and two touchdowns, while all while also allowing uh, Josh Dobbs to be efficient in the passing game. Uh, the Cowboys, you know, just especially in the first half, really just failed to kind of stop very much at all. Um, Dobbs only had to attempt 21 passes, which is, you know, kind of a, a losing a losing formula for this Cowboys defense. They want to get this these guys into passing situations. And the fact that, that they could only get, coax Dobbs to force himself to throw the football 21 times, uh, it meant that they were having a lot of success in the ground at the point where they didn't feel like they needed to throw the football more. And, and it, it limited the opportunities for the Cowboys pass rush. Uh, and, and then I think ultimately the, the, the most embarrassing thing about what was happening on the defensive side of the ball early was the big plays. I mean, the, I pointed out four and specifically that I felt like were absolutely enormous. Wilson's 69-yard reception in the fourth quarter, which really kind of felt like uh, a, a nail in the coffin uh, a play for the Cowboys uh, outside of Dak's interception, which, again, we will discuss later. Rondale Moore's 45-yard touchdown run. Um, you know, it was just a case where the Cowboys kind of got unlucky. They they slanted to the opposite side of a wide zone look, and and then they lost contain, and and Moore was able to scamper all the way in for a touchdown. No one was able to cut him off. Uh, you know, one of the first big plays of the game was Dobbs himself running for 44 yards. The Cowboys have got to figure out this quarterback front game. This is now one thing that I mean has consistently been an issue 
each of these weeks is stopping a quarterback who can be a little bit mobile uh, and 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 getting him onto the ground because you know look Zach Wilson is was was a little bit you know sneaky athleticism if we want to say that or you know however we want to label that the kind of athleticism that he has obviously Daniel Jones has a lot of athleticism he's a good runner of the football uh, and Dobbs you know again another uh, athletic quarterback who made the, the the Cowboys pay by trying to come you know upfield too much not you know maintaining their rush lanes not containing the quarterback. Uh, and then allowing Dobbs to kind of slip through and, and pick up huge. I mean, 44 yards is absolutely ridiculous gain for a, a running quarterback. And then uh, Hollywood Brown's 23 yard catch, uh, another one that was kind of near the end of the game. You know, he kind of felt like I felt like he kind of got away with the push off. We'll talk about penalties a little bit later too, as well. I just felt like you know those four big plays combined with a real struggle to kind of stop the Cardinals, especially like I said in the first half on a down-by-down down basis, really kind of sealed the fate for the Cowboys. They weren't able to get, you know, ball carries down to the ground. It, it's not like they were missing a ton of tackles. It just felt like they were being pushed out of the hole. They were taking bad angles. There were opportunities to kind of get there, but it, it felt like there were just a, a couple of situations where there were bad defensive calls, just, you know, not, not, not that they were bad outside of context, but bad considering what the play call for the offense was. It's just, you know, horrible luck is that sort of play calling issue. And I just felt like that the Cowboys were not able to get pressure on the, on the quarterback, the way that they needed to, like I said, only one 21 pass attempts. The Cowboys did get two sacks, but they didn't have a lot of QB hits and they didn't earn the right to rush the passer, which is the biggest problem here overall. When you are allowing 222 yards, I think they had something like 170 yards in the first half. Uh, uh, you're just, you're not setting your, your defense up to be able to rush the passer, uh, when you want to, and, and, and you're keeping Arizona in the game. Now it, it took more than just this kind of poor defensive performance to keep Arizona in the game, but it was, you know, it, it certainly was the reason that Arizona was even in this game to begin with, because the, the Cowboys defense was supposed to be the dominant unit in this game. They were supposed to be the ones that kind of were going to carry the Cowboys win. You know, uh, the Cowboys obviously will talk about the injuries to the offensive line and the effect that that had for the Cowboys offense. But the expectation was, okay, well, this is the Cowboys are a more talented team. The Cowboys defense is an incredible unit. They needed to kind of come in here, step up, shut this game down and make it easy for an offense that was, you know, playing a little bit shorthanded. Uh, and instead, what they did is is they put the Cowboys' offense behind the eight ball. They made them uh, have to play from behind, which you know the Cowboys the Cowboys were were on their way to kind of coming back until uh, some other uh, second half problems uh, with the red zone. Which again, that was what we're going to be talking about in our next segment uh, coming up here in just a second. But uh, last thing, I just wanted to kind of sum up with the defense. You know, it felt like they missed Trayvon Diggs a little bit, even though the, the, it wasn't like Josh Dobbs was throwing uh, throwing it all over the ball, all over the field. It, it did feel like there was a uh, an issue with, you know, kind of making sure that that the, the, the there was nowhere to throw the ball. And, and you know, that, that we talk about that balance of, of pass rush and coverage and, and the need to make sure that you know that the, the the back end is covered tight to give that defensive line just an extra second to kind of make the quarterback hold the ball so the defensive line can get there, uh, and it felt like when they were throwing the ball, uh, there there wasn't that, it, and, and there it, there was not the extra second that, that that he had to hold on, and when there was, it, it felt like the the pass rush uh, was was not getting there, so that kind of 
you know, positive feedback loop that the Cowboys defense had had the previous last two weeks. It, it just didn't seem to happen this week as much. Uh, stick with us. We're going to come back in the next section. We're going to talk about the red zone offense uh, and some of the issues that they had, uh, you know, trying to score uh, points in, in once they got inside the, uh, the Arizona Cardinals 10 yard line, all that and more when we get back. These days, every new potential hire can feel like high stakes wager for your business. So you want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs it helps the right people, helps you find the right people for your team faster and free. I work in IT in my real world. I'm constantly having to look for new people. LinkedIn makes it just so easy to find candidates that are qualified. That's really the biggest issue I've had at time is finding people that are qualified. And LinkedIn is excellent about pairing you with people that are qualified for the jobs you're looking for. Uh, add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. There's simple tools like screening questions, which you know are, again, excellent for people that are looking for super qualified candidates. They know what they're looking for. Make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Uh, I think that's a big thing, you know, hiring the right folks and making sure that you get them on your team, uh, you know, so that they fit in with the rest of your group, that there isn't like any personality conflicts. That's a huge part of, of smart hiring. LinkedIn really helps with that. It's why small business rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. That's LinkedIn. Welcome back. Thanks for making your uh, Locked, on, Locked on Cowboys your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow, we are going to have a show to take a deeper dive in this unfortunate Cowboys loss. Uh, it's, you know, it's not something we want to do. But something we, you know, we have to do so we can put this thing to bed. And I think that's something that uh, we are definitely going to want to talk about in this next segment is kind of just identifying these issues so that we can kind of talk about them, see if there are solutions that we can work on uh, and, and or that the Cowboys can work on and then and then trying to move on. Because, yeah, look, sometimes you're going to play a game like this. It's going to be a stinker. Um, the Cowboys have played in, in games like this before with good teams and, and, and still bounced back. Marcus and I talked specifically about hoping that the Cowboys were kind of past this, you know, and, and just not having to go through these kind of games again this year. And, and just, unfortunately, the Cowboys just aren't there yet. Um, and one of the reasons that they aren't there yet was offensive red zone woes, especially in the second half. It just really felt like the Cowboys – uh, you know, could not score points, though they had tons of opportunities. Uh, and, and I think that's part of the reason that this game was so frustrating. I, you know, the, the Cowboys often struggled uh, the first drive. They, 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 they had a quick three and out to start the game. And although the half ended with a failed two minute, the first half ended with a failed two minute drive, they scored 10 points uh, in, on two drives sandwiched in between the first and last uh, drives of the, of the first half. Um, but in the second half, you know, as the Cowboys offense kind of found their footing a little bit, at least as far as trying to move the ball and kind of getting some uh, uh, some momentum. And especially, I think, for those young offensive linemen, it felt like as the game went on, they started to feel a little bit more conf confident, a little bit comfortable with what they're being asked to do. And in the second half, the Cowboys, you know, had four drives and they engineered uh, drives of 13 plays, 67 yards, 
eight plays, 90 yards, 12 plays, 42 yards, and 13 plays, 64 yards. All four of those drives uh, pierced the Arizona 10-yard line. They made it inside the Arizona 10-yard line. And the problem with that is that the Cowboys got, for all their efforts, six points total out of those four drives. And that's completely unacceptable. And that ultimately is probably why they lost this game. The Cowboys defense sort of kind of corrected the ship a little bit in the second half. They played a little bit better. I mean, they definitely still gave up big plays. They definitely still didn't do what they what we needed them to do. But it, it seemed like a lot of the bleeding had stopped and that the Cowboys offense had kind of found its footing a little bit more and that the talent, you know, the, the, the game script that we had kind of laid out at different points where the Cowboys talent kind of plays uh, uh, up to its, its skill set and, and makes the difference at the end. Uh, it, it seemed to be kind of on its way. Uh, and then the Cowboys were just unable to kind of do anything once they got inside the 10 yard line. And I, and I think the thing that's most surprising is, you know, the Cowboys were just basically unable to pass the football once they got into the 10 yard line. Dak in the second half alone was 0 for 5 with one interception when attempting, attempting passes inside the Arizona 10 yard line. And he was 0 for 7 overall throwing the football while inside the 10 yard line. He did have one. 10 yard pass to Jake Ferguson. Uh, but that was after the Cowboys uh, had had a penalty in that game and it brought them back out of that 10 yard line range uh, and really only kind of got them back. Uh, that Ferguson pass only really got them back to that original line of scrimmage. This is something that the Cowboys have got to solve. And I mean, you know, part of me wants to say that I think the overall uh, uh, you know, red zone offense is going to be better once we kind of finally, if we kind of finally ever get a, a more healthy offensive line. But there are also other issues here, you know, including route concepts and inability to get open in, in that kind of short, condensed area. The Cowboys have got to figure something out here. They need to find a player or two that they feel like they can rely on and find ways to get them open. It's again, it's incredibly difficult when you have condensed uh, a space. Uh, there's not a lot of room to work. But the Cowboys had a a, a, a noticeable advantage at wide receiver over their defensive backs and were completely unable to kind of take advantage of that. Now, the Cowboys also need to run the football better in the red zone. I think that goes without saying, but I, I think it's easier to kind of you know overlook or dismiss some of that part because you know they they were dealing with three backup offensive linemen in the game and 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 I think that's you know a, a huge portion as to why they were kind of struggling to get movement especially again in in the red zone uh but but the passing situation you know that's I mean look th th he was 0 for 5 with one interception inside the 10 in the second half Dak was overall 13 of 17 for 147 yards everywhere else outside of those 10 yards uh before the goal line in Arizona so the Cowboys have got to figure this out here, whether it's schematic, whether it's personnel, whatever it is. I think they found some success in, in throwing the football to the, the tight ends and the running backs uh, down here, and that that's where they've scored some touchdowns. But what I feel like we really are missing still is you know wide receivers making plays in, in the red zone and finding ways to get guys open in the red zone so that they can, you know, shake loose and, and, and make Dak's life easier. Again, we make, we make the excuses. It's condensed down there. It's harder to kind of get the, the, uh, the ball out and, 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 and find open space because there's just physically less room down there, but the Cowboys have got to find a way 
to get the ball out to their playmakers. It can't just be tight ends and running backs the whole time. Um, this is something that the Cowboys need to solve. And, and, and this is something that, that, you know, hopefully is not an issue uh, long-term for this team, uh, but you worry about it. And, and especially since they were the number one team in the red zone last year, you, you hope that not all of that mojo had left with Kellen Moore, that the Cowboys are still trying to find their footing here. I do think that having a healthy offensive line is going to help here. Uh, I do think that Arizona also just played very good football inside the, the, the t- their own 10 yard line and, and, you know, hats off to them, but the Cowboys have got to solve this because if they don't, they're, 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 <laughs> they're going to be in real trouble. I mean, they have to find a way if they're not going to score from outside the red zone, they've got to find a way to consistently score touchdowns inside the red zone uh, or their offense is, is really going to struggle throughout the season. Uh let, stick around. We're, we're going to talk a little bit more about penalties, you know, which is not ever fun necessarily, but it's something they need to clean up. And then we're also going to talk about what 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 we can do to move on from this game and, and kind of get the taste out of your mouth. So uh, come back and join us in here in just a sec. Today's show is brought to you by DoorDash. DoorDash is uh, the best at making sure to get your groceries when you need them. You forgot something. DoorDash is, is a lifesaver, especially if you've got kids. You need you forgot something at the grocery store. It's super convenient to be able to ha- send out for DoorDash and have them come uh, pick it up for you. Did you burn your last piece of toast? Did your avocados go bad? Uh, or is the hot sauce bottle empty? That is a, that's that's a serious offense. You, if, if your hot sauce bottle is empty, you better have DoorDash on speed dial. Try grocery delivery from DoorDash. You'll get everything you want delivered when you need it right to your door. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best one in your neighborhood and boast your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered, and we'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy groceries just like you picked them up for yourself. Get 50% off your DoorDash order, up to $20 value when you use the code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. Limited time offer uh, terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimal subto- uh, subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONNFL. Don't forget the codes LOCKEDONNFL for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. All right, guys, uh, finally, we're going to move on with uh, some some penalty talk and then, you know, just trying to figure out a way to kind of move past this and, and figure out a way to uh, uh, get, you know, the taste out of your mouth, the 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 anger that's lingering. You know, I understand the kind of vitriol that exists, especially after a, a tough loss like this. Um, and, and the Cowboys deserve you know, the the. The, the respite they, they deserve your, your, your kind of anger here. Uh, but let's, let's talk about some positive things, things to kind of build on moving forward that, that will help us move on. But first we got to talk about the penalties guys. The Cowboys had 13 penalties accepted on them for 107 yards and 10 of those penalties for 72 yards came in the first half. Um, and that's that's really just terrible. Uh, you can complain about some of these absolute horrible calls. I mean, th- there certainly is enough to complain about. The Hollywood Brown push-off, uh, the missed safety on the holding call inside the end zone. We never really got an explanation why the, the refs determined that wasn't going to be holding, but apparently that's what they told Mike McCarthy, who was lobbying for that to be called holding uh, and for that to be a safety because it was in the end zone. 
uh, Wanye Thomas offsides in the uh, field goal. I, I is completely phantom to me. I don't. I didn't see it at all. Didn't look offsides. Uh, and then you know we could talk about that f- the uh, extra point, which sure looked like uh, that Prater missed it to me. Um, so uh, you know it's it's hard to complain about. Uh, you know, despite of that, it, it is hard to complain about uh, the six of those you know thirteen penalties that were pre-snap penalties. The Cowboys have got to clean that up. That's not a that's not a judgment call by the referee necessarily. Well, the one I guess the one yeah offsides probably was, but outside of that, the other penalties are all you know offsides. I think I think if I'm not mistaken, Steele had uh, uh, two uh, uh, false starts. Uh, I think Odigizua had two uh, offsides. I think one of them may have just been declined, but you know, it, it's stuff like that, 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 you know, you can get upset about the, 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 the referees and, and the penalties and that's fine. But on top of that, to have six pre-snap penalties, like, you know, that's, you're not, you're not helping your case there at all. Uh, at that, you're a disciplined team, you know, maybe the biggest swing of momentum from the penalties was the holding call on Turpin's 51 yard punt return. And according to runningbacksdon'tmatter.com, which that play added the most amount of win probability for going in either direction. Uh, and it was a huge penalty. It completely sucked the air out of the Cowboys, uh, uh, you know, chances uh, at, at the moment that it, you know, it was a huge return in the game that it was, was going to give a huge b- b- boost to the offense. Uh, and and, and it, it just, you know, it, it got called back and it was a huge swing. I mean, that was a 64, I think, yard return that got returned all the way back, I think, inside the Cowboys' 12-yard line. So uh, just absolutely brutal penalties that that really, really cost you points, uh, field position, and, and and ultimately, you know, and on, on a cumulative effect, probably the game. Um, and, and that's something the Cowboys have just simply got to clean up. You know, there, there's, there's just going to be games when you have bad ref, ref crews, you're going to get some bad calls, but you can't add to that situation by – you know, having pre-snap penalties and, and and doing stupid dumb stuff, and it felt like the Cowboys were kind of doing that all game at, at a certain point. Okay, we've talked enough about the awful play, and there has look there, there was that. We're going to dive into this more every day, guys. Like you definitely come back and check us out tomorrow. We'll do the all twenty-two. We'll talk a little bit more about some of the the issues here. Um, but I wanted to leave uh, everyone on, on some positivity because there was some positive things that come out of this game. And ultimately, you know, the Cowboys are still where they want to be. Like I, I, as much as this taste is still lingering in our mouth and it's gross, and you want to spit it out. You know, the Cowboys still have a very good chance that they go in and they can beat uh, New England next week. They'll end September three and one. And Marcus and I have talked about this a lot where, September is still the kind of the preseason. If you can get out of here with two and two or above, you're probably, you're, you're feeling good about the situation. I would love to, to figure out a way to get three and one. I'd love to figure out a way to win this new England game. And if that's the case, you're still where exactly where you want to be. You lost a conference game. That's not great, but you know, there's plenty of opportunities to steal one later uh, and, and, and turn this thing around so a couple of extra notes. I just wanted to throw in just to kind of end on some, you know, non-vitriol type of things about the Cowboys. Um, I, I thought that the young offensive lineman as the, as the game went on really started to play a lot better. I'm not shocked about TJ Bass playing better. I, I really do feel like he just, this guy needs seasoning and I think he's going to be a pretty decent uh, offensive guard in the NFL, but I am surprised about Hoffman. I, I listen. I, I talked a lot about how I didn't feel like Brock Hoffman was an NFL center. 
Um, and I felt like for the most part, he held his own. He, he didn't seem to be the problem and he didn't seem to kind of get them killed. Uh, the Cowboys had a lot of issues. There's no way around it. But I also think that they had a lot of positive play from a young offensive lineman that's that's still kind of growing into the spot. And, you know, as much as we are still desperate to get our starting offensive line to play a game together, it's a positive step to get your young offensive line opportunities to play in games because you're going to need those guys at some point. And, and, and they're going to you're going to need them to come in and, and play big moments in big games. Uh, and so for them to get the opportunity and, and, and have it be a positive, uh, mostly positive experience for them, I think that's really huge. And, and it's going to be really good for the health of this team, uh, literally and figurative, figurative health of this team. Look, Hunter Lufke is here. He has arrived. If you guys aren't excited about it, I, I don't know what to tell you, uh, but he looks like he uh, is exactly what we hoped at fullback. He's a valuable blocker. I saw at least one or two different plays where he was the lead blocker and, and, and he blocked multiple guys to, to kind of clear things up for Pollard. He had a big run for a first down and a big catch. It was good to see him starting to get used more. And I think that that, that he clearly uh, has rewarded the Cowboys for giving him more opportunities. I'm obviously team fullback, been team fullback for a long, long time. Really have always been a big fan of this guy. So um, yeah, obviously I may be a little bit biased, but I think the game showed you that this, this guy belongs here and that he has a little role that carved out as the kind of catch, you know, run block fullback, uh, who can, you know, line up a little bit of tight end or even be a running back if you need him. So, uh, kudos to Hunter Lipke and, and I'm excited to see where this role and his play kind of continues to go. And then, uh, you know, as far as other guys who had nice days that are, you know, fortunately going to kind of get lost in the wash of this loss, Gallup and Pollard both had really, really big days. I think Michael Gallup ended up just short of 100 yards receiving, but was extremely efficient. He converted a whole bunch of his targets, uh, was able to kind of, you know, find a way to get open and make plays and get separation and, and, and you know, picked up a couple of big first downs, uh, made a couple big plays. So, I think that that's that's all extremely very positive uh, news for Gallup, a guy that you know there have been questions about where what his role is in this offense and where he was going to kind of fit in with everything. So for him to get in there and kind of get some catches in there was was really fantastic. And then Pollard, you know, I ended up with 120 plus yards rushing on the day. Uh, I, I just think that it was great to see him. Uh, you know, kind of stretch his legs even further. It seems like every game he's getting a little bit stronger uh, and, and kind of rounding back into form. You saw a couple more uh, big plays out of him, uh, which was great to see. Uh, and I think that these are all really positive signs for a guy that is still, you know, coming back from an injury. He's, 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 he's you know, healthy, but it's still kind of a, a matter of, you know, how much can he carry and does he start to regress at a certain point after certain touches? Uh, he ended he ended up over five yards a carry at 23 carries. So I, I think especially, especially after last week where he had something like 31 carries, uh, it was good to see him kind of bounce back um, and, and and have another good game and, and not like see kind of diminishing returns after such a heavy touch game.